You're listening to the Vibrant Happy Women podcast, episode number 34. I told him, I kind of just blurted out, Mark, I got us in $40,000 of the debt. He just kind of stood there and looked at me for a while. And I thought to myself, oh God, what is, what's going to happen? And these are, these are the words he said to me. I forgive you. Let's get through this together. Welcome to the Vibrant Happy Women podcast, stories of vibrant women living happy lives. And now your host, Jen Riday. Hey there, I'm Dr. Jen Riday, and this is Vibrant Happy Women. Thanks for joining me. As most of you probably know by now, I'm a mom of six, ages 15 down to three, and that makes me super busy. On top of that, I have this podcast, and I'm a life coach, and I run the Vibrant Happy Living membership, and so life can be very, very hectic. Sometimes, I'm sure you've faced this before, I don't want to get out of bed. I'd rather stay in the covers all day and escape. But I have one thing that has really helped me over the years to stay happy and energized and focused, and that is my morning meditation practice. It's just 10 short minutes, and you can do it right from bed. You can sit on the ground. You can sit in a chair, but it's your chance to go inward and really connect with how you're feeling, connect with your intuition or a higher power, whatever you believe, and really know what you need to be using your time for throughout the day ahead. So I wanted to share a freebie with you. It's all about morning meditation. You can get your copy of this guide by going to jenriday.com forward slash meditation. This will show you how to start your own morning meditation practice. And remember, it's just 10 minutes, but it will make all the difference in your life. Again, that's at jenriday.com forward slash meditation. On our episode last week, I chatted with Angela Roberts, and she shares her story of following her dream of becoming a food blogger. She is so inspiring, and I especially loved what she shared about doing the hard things first thing in the morning before you run out of nose or before you run out of willpower. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that episode, be sure to go back and do so. Today, I'll be talking with Lauren Grootman, author of The Recovering Spender. Lauren shares an amazing story of getting $40,000 into debt, having to come clean to her husband, and then going forward and how she acknowledges she is a spending addict, but she's able to set up some boundaries that keep her from spending them back into debt. So you're going to love this episode. Whether you're in debt or not, she has some great tips that everyone can apply. So let's go ahead and get started. Hey there, welcome to today's episode of Vibrant Happy Women. I'm Jen Riday, your host, and today I'll be talking with Lauren Grootman. Lauren is a wife, mom of four, and a recovering spender who, with her husband, figured out how to get out of $40,000 of debt. Now Lauren strives to bring others into her circle, to mentor them, and teach that when it comes to managing your finances, you can do this. She's the author of the book, The Recovering Spender, which was released on September 13th and of the popular money-saving website, laurengrootman.com. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here too. I have a feeling you have a great quote for us related to finances. <laughs> so, And maybe it's not related to finances, but what do you have for us today? Yeah, so my quote is actually a, a quote that I shared in my book, but the quote is, when the pain of staying broke becomes greater than the pain of changing your spending habits, that is when you will make a change. So I think that kind of quote 
guided me in my life when we were getting out of debt is I realized that the pain of my spending, you know, the pain of not of being broke was greater than the pain of changing how I was spending and viewing my money. But it also can relate to so many other ways of life. You know, when the when the pain of complaining becomes greater than the pain of saying positive things. I mean, you can kind of fill in the blank with anything. But I think that uh, it gives a great example of kind of my low point, which I know we'll talk about next, but the low point in my life and kind of how I had to make the changes that I did. So what were some of the pains that you experienced that pushed you to get out of that $40,000 of debt? Yeah. So the biggest pain for me was the stress that I was under, not knowing where my money was going, not having a plan for it, feeling like I was drowning, I think was a big thing for me. Like I felt like I was drowning. Like I couldn't, you know, I would try to make a budget and I'd fail and it just, I hated it. And my husband tried to make me do spreadsheets and I hated that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I always tried to like figure it out on my own and I just could never do it. And so for me, like it was just the emotional pain, like feeling like we'll, we're never going to get out of the mess that we're in, feeling like my life, you know, was now going to be dictated by how much debt I had and that I would never be able to retire. I mean, all of those questions that I asked myself over and over again. And mm. so, you know, I would literally wake up, Jen, in the middle of the night and have like panic attacks because Ooh. I just didn't, I had no idea how I was going to get out of this mess that we were in. You know, we were behind in our mortgage and and we just like freaked out, totally freaked out. I did. My husband, you know, he freaked out a little bit less just because he's a little bit like less dramatic than I am. But mm -hmm. I just thought like my life is over. And so those are the pain points that really led me to, you know, wanting to make a change like that. I couldn't see myself living in that spot the rest of my life. So I knew I needed to change something. Yeah. So I wonder if you can paint us a little more of a picture of that. So you have a massive amount of credit card debts. How many credit cards? Oh, good. I don't even remember how many. It was at least seven. Okay. And so so you owed on all of those and trying to keep up with those, you fell behind on your mortgage? Yeah. we Well, we just didn't have enough money to pay all of our bills. So we were mm -hmm. running a $1,000 deficit every single month. So oh. every month we had to choose what bills we were going to pay. And sometimes, you know, it was the mortgage was a little bit late. Sometimes we just ignored a credit card payment. I mean, we just, we couldn't pay them all. So we just, it was like, Ooh. you know, toss a coin in the air and see what it lands on. And that's what you pay that month. Yeah. Yeah. And thinking that through, as you talked about that, I felt an immediate stress reaction in my own body. <laughs> so I can't even imagine what it really must have been like. Wow. That's tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so you're in this really stressful situation. What turned it around? What was the aha moment? So for me, uh, there was actually one moment. Now, a lot of, a lot of the debt that we were in was actually me spending because my husband worked as an actuary. So he was gone like long hours. So I handled all the finances to be helpful, you know, around the house, like mm -hmm. helpful. I say that with quotes, like air quotes <laughs> right now. <laughs> so helpful. But I was really damaging our, our finances. And I would spend money and go out and buy clothes and kids, you know, toys for our son. We only had one son back then. And I got really, you know, a lot of the debt was because I got us into the debt and never mm. told him about it because I didn't want to burden him. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that I was like trying to be sneaky. I just didn't want to burden him. I just thought, okay, this is what everybody does. I just am having a horrible time dealing with it. So it's my fault. So I just need to handle it and get us out of it. So anyway, we there was this one specific instance where I had gone shopping with a friend and I had spent $600 on clothing. Mm -hmm. And I remember keeping it in the trunk of my car that night because I didn't want to bring it in to show, you know, to see, have Mark <laughs> see it. Okay. And then he went off to work the next day 
And I went and got the clothes out and I brought them up into the closet and I took all the tags off and like made them look like, you know, they were, they were there all along. Mm -hmm. And I started feeling really guilty about it. Mm -hmm. I started thinking like, okay, I hid this from him because I didn't want to fight with him. Like that was the big thing is that, you know, he knew we were in debt. He didn't know how much, but he knew we were in debt. And here I am going and spending $600 on clothing and now hiding it from him. And this just isn't good for our marriage and our future. So the next day I decided to come clean to him and tell him all of the debt that we had and make a real difference. I felt like it for the first time, I realized that I couldn't do it myself. Like I needed his help to handle this and to have somebody to talk to about it. Because it's really like, not only is it lonely and stressful, but it's just like damaging to your marriage if you have this big elephant in the room and can never talk Mm. about it. And so I thought, I've just got to talk to him about it. So I came clean with him the next day. And that was like my low point, like, you know, that I had to spend this $600 in clothing and you know, then come clean to him and tell him about it. Then things started getting better. And I consider that, you know, a small moment of victory in my future story. So you decided to come clean and you talked to him. How did he react? You know, I I wasn't sure how he was going to react, if he was going to (laughs) like yell at me or throw me on the streets. I I don't know. I consider that we had a pretty decent marriage to begin with. So I was hoping that he wouldn't be too mad at me. But Uh, His response was actually very surprising to me. And I told him, I kind of just blurted out, Mark, I got us in (gasps) $40,000 in debt. I can't imagine. Yes. And he said, he just kind of stood there and looked at me for a while. (gasps) And I thought to myself, oh God, what's going to happen? Oh my gosh. And these are are the words he said to me. I forgive you. Let's get through this together. Oh. And so those were the words that changed. I mean, he could have done, oh, you know. That's so those, wonderful. Yeah. So those, that was like such a, a victory of, you know, a happy point for me. Because from then on, and that was nine years ago, from then on, you know, we got to add a debt in two years. We just have a passion for teaching other people like mm-hmm. all the mistakes that we went through. So when you were talking about hiding this from your husband, I kept thinking it reminded me of an addiction. Would you say that? your spending was kind of an addiction and what need was it filling for you? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And that's why I called my book the recovering spender instead mm-hmm. of the recovered spender mm-hmm. is because I, I actually was a drug and alcohol counselor right out of college. And mm-hmm. I worked in the field for a few years before we had kids. And, you know, we'd always say like once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, once a drug addict, always a drug addict, like those kind of things. And I think the same thing is with spending. Like I have a spending problem. Now I haven't like actively been spending like that for the past seven years or eight years. But I think that I always have the personality to be addicted to spending. And because of that, I have to know what boundaries I have to set up around myself so that I don't spend money. Like three rules that I have. Number one, don't go into Target alone. That's like number one. Because I, it's like the gates of heaven open and everything (laughs) is beautiful to me, right? Yeah. Uh, My second one is I don't, if I do online shopping, I use a prepaid debit card. So I have to fund it beforehand. And number three is I don't use credit cards. So those are, those are like my three big, you know, boundaries I had to put up around myself to keep myself safe. So yeah, I would definitely say it was an addiction of some sort. Wow. So don't go into Target alone and use prepaid debit cards online for shopping and then don't use credit cards. Right. I'll share something that I often think to myself. Well, but I have to use credit cards because I get these reward bonuses, you know, like I'm getting 5% on this one card. So of course I should use it. What do you say to people who use that argument? I think that some people, I have friends that do it and do very well with it Mm -hmm. and earn, you know, fly for free all over the world. Yeah. So 
I mean, I can't say not to do it, but I can say that you do need to be careful and don't spend money that you don't have just because you earn a reward. Okay. And I actually did an experiment in the end of my book where I took myself off of my no credit card rule for three months. Mm -hmm. And I tried using credit cards for three months just to see what would happen. And the result was I spent an extra (gasps) $2,000 more than I would have. Wow. Because I just don't have, like there's some people that are really good at tennis and there's some people that are really good at basketball and there's some people that are really good at sewing. There's some people that are horrible with money. That's just kind of my personality. Mm-hmm. Yet I know the boundaries that I have to set up for myself in order to be good with money. And one of them is not to use credit cards. So I wanted to see what would happen if I broke one of my own rules. And mm-hmm. that's what happened. So it's an interesting, like if you read about it in the last chapter of the book, it kind of shares with you like my struggles and, and all of that and how these, I don't like, I think some people can do really good with it. But I also think that a lot of people overspend because you Actually, there's some something that happens in your brain chemistry when you use a credit card versus mm-hmm. cash. Oh, yeah. What's that? Yeah. So there's this part of your brain called the insula. And it's the part of your brain that, let's say if you were going to, you know, get your hand slammed in a door for some reason, your mm-hmm. brain would tell your hand, it's about to, you know, you're about to get hurt. Pull your hand out of the door. So you pull your hand out and you, you know, you don't get hurt. Well, the insula is what's responsible for telling your hand to do that. Mm-hmm. And so when it, well, they, they did a bunch of research. I actually did a lot of research on addiction, like addictive money behaviors and things like that. And what they found is that people that have money problems, that insula reaction in their brain doesn't happen as quickly. So if you're going to use a credit card, the insula doesn't react as quickly telling your, you know, yourself danger, 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 you're overspending. But if you use cash, the insula reacts a lot faster. So you're actually physically in your brain chemistry, your brain is seeing a difference between credit cards and cash. And it really helps you kind of keep your spending under control. Mm, I love that. So rather than feeling guilty, you just say this is part of my biochemistry, my Mm -hmm. insula might be less reactive or slower to react and no no guilt, but then you establish the boundaries. I really love that. Exactly. So it's like, you don't have to feel bad about being a spender. It's like, I'm a spender. I'm always going to be a spender. However, I'm really good with money. And I've been teaching people how to be good with money for the past six years online. So just because it's in you doesn't mean that's how you have to be. Mm, Perfect. That's great. Well, I'm sure there are many, many women out there with a similar struggle. What advice would you give them to get them started on this path to getting out of debt? Yeah. So the biggest thing that they need to learn is how to set a realistic budget. And for years, I was so terrified of the B word. Like my husband would talk about it and I'd like cringe on the inside. Like I can't can't do it. It's like too constrictive. But once I saw that a budget can be actually free, like bring freedom to me, it really kind of opened up my eyes to all that's possible. What I mean by that is that for so many years, I spent money just without knowing what was going on. And yes, that was fun and great. But then, you know, you sit down at the end of the day and you are like, oh my gosh, I spent this much money. I didn't know that I spent that much money. I don't know how, where it went. And now you don't have money for your bills. So when I found out that a budget actually gives me freedom to spend on what I want to without giving me that guilt and, you know, feeling of depletion at the end of the day. So once I learned that, I think people need to learn how to set that realistic budget and it can really, really help them. So what tools would you recommend? I mean, in the day of apps and so many fun tools that make things easier, is there a a cool budgeting tool that you like to use? Well, there's a great budgeting tool called YNAB. That's called You Need a Budget is what it is, but W-N-I-B. YNAB is a great online budgeting tool. We have our own budgeting tool. We have an online finance course called the Financial Renovation. We have a budgeting tool within that. But then also there's this other great program called Tiller. And um, what it is, is pretty much it's like a 
especially if you're an Excel person, you know, a spreadsheet person, you mm-hmm. can go in and log all of your bank accounts into uh, this Tiller program. And then it takes all of your bank accounts and puts it on spreadsheets categorized for you. Ooh. So it does it all like automatically for you. So I re- that's like a new thing that we've been trying this past few months and we're loving it so far. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because I always tell people when they first start out to get their past three months of budgeting, you know, their past three months of spending in a spreadsheet of some sort, mm-hmm. Tiller like does it automatically for you. So it's like brilliant. So it tracks your, how does it track your spending for you or just your bank accounts? Your bank accounts usually have filters set up anyway. Mm-hmm. So it just uses the filters that your bank accounts already have. And then you can set up like little keywords and it can import certain things under certain categories. Ooh, this is great. Okay, so that's yeah. at t- Tiller and yep. y- YNAB and and then your financial course, Financial Renovation, where's that? Yep, you can find that at uh, right on my on my website, laurengrootman.com. There's a button right on the homepage that says join our course. And that's like a full seven-week intensive budgeting course. Okay, and we'll have a link for that on our show notes page at jenriday.com forward slash 34. Awesome. So you can remember that. So Lauren... We've talked a lot about finances. Tell us more about what's exciting you today with your book or anything else you might be doing in life that kind of makes you happy to get out of bed every morning. Yeah. So big things, you know, being an online entrepreneur where my husband came home two and a half years ago to work with me full time on our website. So this is, you know, my website is is what supports my family. And at the same time, we get to help so many people. But I love waking up every single morning. We, I, I wake up with my husband. We get the kids ready for school together. We drop them off at school. And then we get to work together and we get to help people. And it really is a lifestyle that I never dreamed of, but I absolutely love. That I get to work full time with my spouse, that we get to raise our children together. And we have four beautiful kids. So I just love waking up and knowing that I get to live this life along with him. And then at the same time that we get to pass on everything that we've learned to other people. Mm, so yeah, you're really living your purpose. So maybe all that debt was for a reason. I, I really believe that. I really believe that, you know, God makes you go through some things and helps turn your messes into messages. And I'm really, I'm just really in love with what I get to do and what I get to teach people. Nice. That's really, really great. Well, um, anything you're struggling with currently? Oh, I think big thing for me is exercise, finding time to exercise. I really need to do that more. I love to sleep. So that's the problem. Like if I want to exercise, I always think I've got to get up before the kids. My kids get up at like seven, probably. Mm-hmm. So it means I have to get up at like 530 to go work out so I can shower before they get. And that just doesn't sound fun to me. So I just stay in bed. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that I need to. So that's one of the things I'm struggling with is trying to find time and the energy to exercise amongst everything else that I have to do. Right. Well, I just had advice on, I think it's last week's podcast where she said, um, you have to do these hard things before you run out of no's. There's only so many no's we have the willpower for each day. So oh, I love that. I, I was thinking the same thing. I have to do it earlier or it's never happening. So good luck. Well, uh, we can report to each other and see if we make progress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about some of your favorite things, Lauren. What is a habit that has contributed to your success? That I can turn work off. Uh, I think Mm. that's a big thing. As an entrepreneur who works online, the temptation to work all day and all night and every weekend is there, you know, in your face all the time. But I think one of the big things that we are able to do is we finally got an office outside of our house. So we have work hours and then we take weekends and nights off. And uh, so that's been really good because I can really fill up and do a lot of great things at work. But then I can go home and I can be a mom and fill up on mom stuff and 
you know, taking care of my house. So that's been really imperative to my success with everything that I do, you know, online. Do you find that taking the time off makes you more productive when you are working? I mean, I've heard that said, but sometimes it seems cliche. So I'd love to hear your take on that. Oh, definitely. I think that I work more effectively when I'm in my office and then I'm more present when I'm a mom at home as well. So I got so sick of being like half on, half off all day long Mm -hmm. that setting it up this way has really kept us be very productive during our work hours and then also be able to, you know, be a husband and wife at night and hang out with the kids and go out to dinner and do fun stuff together without feeling guilty that I have so much work to do, you know? Right, right. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And what's your favorite easy meal? Oh, homemade spaghetti sauce. My husband, we Mm. actually have the recipe. We have the recipe on our site. If they go, people go and search and it's super easy. You can do it in the crock pot and come home to like a wonderful spaghetti sauce. And it's from my husband's Sicilian grandma. So it's very good. So that's at laurengroupman.com. Yep. And then people can just use, you know, go to rest the recipe page or they can just use the search, you know, nav bar on the top and search for it. Sweet. Totally going to do that. Mm, Yep. I love spaghetti sauce. Yeah. So good. Favorite kitchen gadget. I just got a blend tech. Mm. And it is amazing. Immersion blender? Yep, an immersion blender. And it makes my smoothies in the morning and I can make like soup in it and it comes out hot and it's just super easy to eat healthy. And yeah, I love it. I'm like, why didn't I get this before? Yeah, it's funny. I think that's been the favorite kitchen gadget of at least a fourth of my guests. So (laughs) everyone out there, you need one of these. I have one and I make homemade mayonnaise with mine. So Oh, Mm. I love it. Oh, you have to send me that recipe. I want to make homemade mayonnaise. It's on my website. Well, just search for mayo. (laughs) Okay, I'll do that. Okay. Uh, Favorite book? My favorite book. I just finished it actually two nights ago. Um, It's by Jen Hatmaker and it's called For the Love. Ooh. Yeah, it's a really funny outlook on parenting and faith and um, I really enjoyed it and I liked her humor throughout it. Okay. For the Love by Jen Hatmaker. Yeah. And, and the best advice you've ever received? Uh, be kind to others because they will be kind to you. <laughs> my mm. mom always used to say that to us growing up and I live my life by that motto. So I'm a mom of um, several kids and I give them advice. So I'm curious, thinking back, do you remember your mom saying that and then remember actually thinking about that advice and following it because... I need you to give me some hope here. <laughs> yes. No, I really do. I remember her just always telling us to be kind, be kind. And and she was, she was a kind lady who was kind to everybody. So not only did I, she say it, she acted it out, which probably was more impactful. So it's like, you've got to not only say it, but you've got to do it too, you know? Hmm. Me, I can't wait. Someday I want my kids to be interviewed and hear uh, if anything I said to them stuck in their minds. <laughs> I know, me too. We hope and pray that, right? right Fingers right. crossed. Okay, well, everyone, you can find links to what we've been talking about by going to jenbriday.com forward slash 34. And now my favorite part of the show, Lauren, is to hear about your happiness formula. Okay, my happiness formula might be a little different than most people just because I have one that if it's not there, nothing works. Okay, so I'm happiest when I stick to my budget, I spend time with my family, and I sleep. (laughs) It's perfect. Sleep is the one that... I am not one of those people that can operate on like four hours of sleep. I need like a good seven hours Mm -hmm. to eight hours of sleep. So if if I don't get enough sleep, then nothing happens. Nothing's productive. (laughs) That's great. So stick to a budget, spend time with family and sleep. I love it. And finally, what's a challenge you can leave with our listeners? Right. I want everybody to think about their values. And if their spending is a reflection of that value system, because 
whether you're in debt or not, you can always do something better with your finances. And it really comes down to your value system. So if somebody's listening today and they say, I'm out of control spending, you need to align your spending with your current value system. Because my guess is that it's probably the opposite. You're probably aligning your spending or your values with what you're spending money on. And it should be the opposite. Okay. So align your spending with your values. Yeah. Well, Lauren, I've appreciated this. It was a lot of fun. And everyone should go out and get your book, The Recovering Spender. And where can they find that? They can find it in Barnes and Noble, on Amazon, at Books a Million, anywhere, wherever books are sold. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today. And be sure to pick up a copy of Lauren's book, The Recovering Spender. Everyone can live a debt-free life and feel more financially secure. And be sure to join me next week when I talk with Judy Sway all about finding her own path and recovering from emotional pain. Judy subscribes to the philosophy that we have to feel it to heal it. So if you have some emotional baggage or something holding you back or someone you want to forgive, this is the episode for you. And don't forget to snag your copy of the free morning meditation guide by going to jenriday.com forward slash meditation, or you can text the word meditation to 44222. Happy Halloween, everyone. Make it a great week and take care. Thanks for listening to the Vibrant Happy Women podcast at www.jenriday.com.